Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce Course Podcast. Welcome back, Mum. Hello, Laura. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Now, today we are covering a a question that people ask a lot, I would Mm. say, and to our listeners, if you're listening, it's probably a question um, that's always in your mind, and is what what to do if you can't afford a lawyer? And, Mm. you know, that might mean those people that, um, you know, they're in this weird bracket, Mum, where they can't get support from the government, but they're also you know, yes. not wealthy enough to, to, to go and do this sort of stuff. So yep. we've come up with five things yep. to recommend to people. Um, and why don't we get started on what should you do, Mum, if you can't afford a lawyer? So the first one we came up with was uh, mediation. So does mediation cost money? Uh, yeah, uh, it can, but it's often graded to your income levels. Um you can have mediation with a private mediator and that can cost a lot of money, but remember you're only paying half. Um, uh, so mediators, private mediators, usually for complex matters, co- charge between about $1,500 and $3,000. So you need to check uh, those um, those prices. Um, some judges are dearer. Uh, but like uh, Relationships Australia do it, for a sliding scale, small fees, maybe uh, I think $60, $70. And uh, the Family Relationship Centre do it for free. Okay. So, and with with the free mediations, is that children's matters only? Yes, the children's matters only. Thanks for clarifying that. Yep, children's matters only. Okay. So, so if you need a mediator to help you settle your property, that is going to cost. Yes, you go you go to the private mediators, and and legal aid chairs some mediations. By the way, for children, yes, but we're talking about people who can't probably get legal aid. Uh, yes, the ones that would do property are usually around the fifteen hundred to two and a half thousand in Queensland, anyway. Yeah. Okay. And is that still better to go to a mediation and pay for that than it is to go through lawyers? It's a lot cheaper and a lot less stressful and you'll get an outcome a lot quicker if you can, do you know? And for children's matters, you're required to try mediation before you go to court uh, because uh, they won't let you file. Oh, okay. But uh, number Number two, which leads us to number two, because we just talked about it, is it's try legal aid and see if you qualify. So what, what's a qualification for legal aid? Oh, that's a hard question. So legal aid or legal services, different states have different criteria. Um, generally, if you're working, you won't be qualifying for legal aid. Um, but if you've had a, perhaps an interest in a business but don't have access to any of that, uh, maybe you will qualify. Most states don't give legal aid for property matters, but um, but they might, or they might have even some arbitration. So, I think if whatever state you're in, go on and find your legal aid page and have a look at your at their criteria, what assets you can have, and what income you've got before they won't let you um, have legal aid. Okay, and we will put them in the show notes. Yeah, we'll put them in the show notes. 
So you can click it, click it and have a look. So if you're working, it's highly unlikely, but still worth having a look. It's worth a try checking. Yes, mm. worth a and try. And is legal aid um, basically a free lawyer? Is that what that means? Yes, basically. Yes, sometimes if it's property, they'll ask for a contribution, but mostly it's a free lawyer. Yeah. That's great. And where do they find free lawyers? <laughs> uh, they're all working for the government um, or the government pays the lawyers a little bit. Like if you're in private practice and you want to be on the legal aid panel, then uh, you, they will refer clients to you. Uh, yes, it's funny. It used to be funded by the interest from money in solicitors' trust accounts. That's how we used to fund legal aid to start with. But now with interest rates so low, there is no interest in the trust accounts. So so it's just straight from the different state governments and a little bit of help, I think, from the feds. Yep. That's interesting to learn. Um, So Mm. try free mediation. If you can't do that, maybe you need to pay for one that's still cheaper than lawyers, then try legal aid, Mm. see if you can qualify for that. Number three we've said is educate yourself. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, if you educate yourself, you can do a lot of it yourself, like listening to us um, and our course shows you how to, to to negotiate depending on the personality types. Uh, but there's lots of information now on the web. Uh, don't miseducate yourself. Don't, don't get the wrong information. So uh, I would be suggesting you go to people, go to websites of trusted solicitors, people who are accredited family lawyers. Um, you can also see quite a lot of information on the Federal Circuit Court uh, website and or on the Family Court website. Um, you'll put the links below, I guess, Laura, and Western Australia yes. has their own court system. So there's a lot of information there, but um, it's 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 hard to educate yourself, but the more you read, the more you will kind of understand what's likely to happen in your case. Yeah. Mm. What you Have need you, to show. Do you think, like you said, don't miseducate yourself. There does seem to be a lot of info out there that is a little conspiracy-ish mm. or they, they yep. you know, they're, they're trying to try to bend the rules or how to get around the rules. So what do you say <sighs> to that kind of it? How yes. do you know so, you're not? Yeah, reading the right stuff. I don't know if you've seen that ad, but it says, you know, don't ask Daryl from work, get it from someone who knows. Um, Nowadays with the chat rooms and Facebook, uh, there's a lot of misinformation and you could join uh, one of the Angry Dads groups um, and and if you did join them and listen to that, you would think that all women are terrible, that the men are treated badly in the court and the system's rigged. Similarly, I think if you do engage too heavily with the women's group, uh, then, you know, all men are bastards to you and, and you know, you, so be careful with what's said in those groups because they can only say what happened in their case and always mm. um, the facts are different. If you could just plug it in and get an answer out, well, we'd, we'd all, lawyers would be replaced by computers and judges would yes. as well, but it's it's a nuanced area. Um, so learn as much as you can and see where you fit in the cases that you hear. Yeah. And is that is that a good point there that, you know, learn as much as you can, read about what other people's experiences have been perhaps, but always keep in mind every single person's situation, as we've always said, is different. No one's is the same. So no No. outcome is going to be guaranteed. The way that you go about it is going to be slightly different. And the judge you're going to get if you do go through the court system is going to be different. Mm -hmm. Everything's going to be different. So don't just, you know, 
think that you, if you copy what they did, it's going to work for you. Yeah, and and Laura, if you know how the how the judges look thinking or how the court look, court applies the law, then it just helps you feel more comfortable. Um, when you know that your lawyers are on board or, or if you're doing it yourself, you just understand where you're headed with it and you can see it's a process um, to get through and you need to know about that process just to take away the worry. Mm. Now that, that takes me to Oz, is it Auslit? Oz, Auslit? Is that what it's called? Ausley? A-U-S-L-I-I. Yeah. And we'll link that below because there's some there's some um, sections of the Family Law Act that I yes. think maybe would be relevant for even though you are not a lawyer, you might um, at least get some understanding of what people are actually looking into into your case. So that's what section 79, section 79, 4 and section 75, 2 for, for property and maintenance and section 60, down to 60cc for kids matters. I think if you only ever know those pages of the Family Law Act or those sections, um, you're you're covered pretty well. The rest of it's sort of obscure. So you just need to know those two things and you'll see where you are on that conveyor belt then for getting things sorted. Mm-hmm. And we've had and we've done that uh, previously the oh, yes. conveyor belt episode so that you yep. can you can can get an understanding of where you're at. So free mediation, try legal aid, educate yourself, make sure you're educating yourself with the right stuff. Obviously, you are never going to become a lawyer unless that's what you want to do. So, you know, just (laughs) assume you don't understand and learn. Um, uh, So then the next one is do the documents yourself. Yes, yes. So um, a lot of the documents are, well, all the documents are available on the court's websites and if you've ever filled in a BAS statement or any document for Medicare, it's very straightforward to fill out. So do those basic documents <laughs> no, yourself. No, it's not. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. For a lawyer, Mum, I'm sorry. Okay, the documents are not straightforward to fill out. They try. Okay, they try. There's a well, wizard thing that will help you along the way, but it isn't straightforward. It's tricky. Sorry, Mum. Okay. Sorry, Mum. Oh, well, I mean, you can put your names, dates of birth, your partner's names, dates of birth, the date of separation, date of marriage, fill in all the, the easy parts so mm. that when you go to the lawyer, if you end up going to a lawyer, um, get they only have to do the hard bit, okay, the nuanced yeah. bit. Um, so, also with financial statements, I know people have a, a fit about those financial statements, but they're not that hard. It's just a question of getting a, a big cup of coffee, box of chocolates or... No one wants to do a budget. And a calculator no and do it. Well, yeah. no one wants to, Laura, but do you know, I mean, it can cost you an hour of a lawyer's time, $500. Would you do that for $500? Yes, you know, would yes, you sit yes. down and fill your own financial statement in? So yeah. as much as you can, have a go at it. They can always finish, fix it. If you go to a lawyer to look at it um, and you've done it in Word, they might be able to help you fix it up. So, so. that that that. With that, doing the documents yourself, there is a guide. There's DIY kits. Um, yep. Also, we do our course that shows you how to do that if you are in a non-going-to-court situation and you guys can consent. Um, if Once you've created those documents, we always recommend that you go to a lawyer. Can you get away with going to a lawyer for a free 30-minute consult with the documents <sighs> you've created? Well... Uh, some people do do those free ones, 20, 30 minutes, but they're mostly by phone. Uh, 
You could get an hour. A lot of people offer an hour for a couple of hundred dollars, right? A lot of lawyers do. And you could take your documents in and pick that lawyer's brains for an hour <laughs> about what's wrong, what yeah. orders what you should mean? ask. Them. Hey? Yeah. Yes, yeah. ask yes. them. So, I couldn't fill this in. What's that mean? Yeah. Yes, and if you're able to show them that you understand about uh, Section seventy nine and the valuing the assets here, I've done the valuing of the assets, and here these are our contributions. Um, then that you can use that hour on more meaty things. So, mm. yeah, get your basics right. And if you want a lawyer's advice, telling them a story takes a lot longer than if you've neatly written it out with dates, typed it out with a chronology, a chronology with dates. Um, a lawyer can read over that in a couple of minutes and have the whole picture, okay, mm. instead of them trying to extract. And then... And then when did you separate Mrs. Smith? You know, sort of that, that takes a long time. That would be a waste of time. Okay, um, if, if these people listening can't afford to even go and pay three, $400 to see a lawyer just to check over it once, mm-hmm. say they follow the court or our course um, yeah. do-it-yourself guide and they get it wrong and they file yep. it in the portal, what happens if you get it wrong? Nothing too much. If it's terribly, terribly wrong, uh, you will get a letter from the court saying we couldn't file your document because of this. Um, but usually small mistakes just slide through, particularly when you're doing your financial statement. Just put that magic E in front of every number, which is E for estimated. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Estimated. So, uh, estimated. Um, so the court will write you a letter and say you haven't done X, Y, Z. Yeah, they'll normally be like, oh, you filed an application, but you have to file this document as well, a financial statement, or you haven't, or you filed an application on children, but you haven't done a notice of risk. Mm. And and I did, um, I think we've talked about this before, mum being a lawyer, a lot of her work is done, you know, she's just done it forever. Um, on the court mm. portal, you can go through it. It takes you step by step and it actually doesn't let you file anymore unless you have attached the things that it's requested. That it needs. So oh, good. won't let you go past that next step. So if you are doing the documents yourself um, and you don't, you, uh, you, you can't access our online course or you don't want to get any help from a lawyer, Use the wizard step-by-step process and it'll give you a heads up if you're wrong. It'll give you a little green tick or it'll give you a red cross and you won't be able to proceed any further. So that's always a good good tip. I've never used the wizard. I know, Um, you've never used the wizard because you you are the wizard. Oh, thank you. (laughs) But that's really good. I mean, so in that case, uh, you, you have two lots of chocolates and a big cup of coffee and all of your patience. I find nearly anything, if you've got enough patience and just keep working through, you'll get it. Yep. Yeah. Good. And you can use that motivation. A lot of people go, oh, do you know what, I'm just going to leave it. And mm. um, as as you've discovered, I think, Mum, along the way, if you just let it sit, particularly property, it's there forever sitting at the back of your world, yep. isn't it? It's a monkey on your back. And then when you do do it, you usually have to find a point where it's an urgent thing and you have to do it. And then it's an um, an urgent application and it's just a lot. It's like pulling that Band-Aid off. Mm. You know, you, you haven't got property sorted till you've got a document from the court with a, with a seal on it. And the only way you do that is make an application either for consent orders or ask the court to make a decision. But 
don't let it linger for six, seven, eight years like I see some people. It's very because messy. They can and come back later and ask for So we've talked about this in the beginning, our first we couple did. of episodes. Yep. We're basically um, at it, it is possible, say you win the lotto and it's five years after you've separated, for them to, it is technically possible for them to come back and ask for some of it. Is that right? Te- te- not just technically, it is possible. If you haven't had property yeah. settlement, um, and especially if you haven't been divorced for a year, uh, they can go, oh, now I'll have my property settlement, please. And the famous case mm-hmm. of Farmer and Bramley um, showed that winning lot- lotto 18 months after separation did not save him from having to pay his wife a lot of money. Mm. So yes, draw that line. A year after a year after separation is when the line is drawn by the courts, but you can still people can still apply for special consideration, is that right? Yes, a year no, a year after separation you can file for divorce. A year after the divorce is all the time you've got for property settlement. So if if mm. you file for divorce and the year's up, then you have to get permission to file from the court. But usually um in my experience, they're not hard on you about it and, and if you've got a good reason, they'll let you do it out of time. So don't use that so as an excuse to not file. <laughs> yeah. And so when mum said consent orders or so consent orders basically means you create some agreement between the two of you and then you're yes. just filing it in the court to make it official. Yep. The other way is you make an application where you're saying this is what I want but they don't mm-hmm. agree, and then leaving it to the court to figure out. So that's for property. Then the, the other thing for children, um, uh, I think it's important to say to all of our listeners, if you are amicable with your partner at the moment, uh, you've mm-hmm. separated recently or everything's been going fine for two years and there's been no drama, so you're like, why do I need parenting orders? What's the point? Um I think, Mum, you've noticed in your experience the amicable relationship can change based on whether you get a new partner, whether you move into a new home with them, mm-hmm. uh, whether they get a new partner. But the whole dynamic can change and then you're going to be like, oh, I really wish we'd had an agreement when we were amicable. Is that right? Is that what you find? That's right? pretty right. And and with parenting, though, you don't have, don't have to go to the court and get orders. If you're really amicable and you think it's going to be okay, you can just write it out, handwrite it or type it, sign it, and it's a parenting plan. Um, mm. It's not as strong as an order. You can't take someone to court if they don't follow it, but mm. at least it gives you that certainty. And it, and if something goes wrong later, you can say to the court, Your Honour, we've been following this parenting plan for years, mm. you know, and the court has to look at that and go, well, what's changed? So I, I think uh, I agree with you. Um, getting something in writing early is the key to a lot less stress for you and I think for the kids as well. Not that they'll ever see the order, but there's something in that rhythm of moving between the houses the same way every week or every fortnight that will give them a sense of safety in there. And they're only children for such a little time. If you let it swing for six years, your kids might be nearly teenagers and you've been anxious all that time about whether you'll get them back when you're supposed to or who's going to have Christmas. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and when you come across a hiccup, or a big yes. d- disagreement and you don't have yeah. orders to fall back on. So, again, same thing. You can create your parenting plan and file mm. it together as a consent order. Um, yes. Which, the process you can go through online by yourself or 
you can, again, make an application, initiating application with what you propose your parenting plan to be. Um, In the divorce course, uh, we take you through all the all the sections of a parenting plan um, yep. and how to do that with the consent. Um, and we've also got the episode called The 12 Agreements from our, uh, so you yep. can listen to that episode to go through the parenting plan and create it yourself. So if you are listening and you do not have a parenting plan, get something listen. sorted. Um, <laughs> so I just want <laughs> to clarify, <laughs> Laura, I just want to clarify. So there, there's orders that you can, reached by agreement for a consent order and there's orders you can ask the court to make but a lower level that you don't have available to you for property is called a parenting plan Um, and that one never goes to the court Um, the court never makes that order you just write that out between yourselves and keep a copy Uh, it's not as powerful but depending on how well you think you're going to be getting along in the future that might be fine for you Hmm. yeah yeah just have something. Um, yes. And so number five, and I think there is actually number six, but with number five is <laughs> being willing being willing to compromise near enough is good enough. Do you want to talk us through what that means? Yeah. So people can't afford a lawyer, so why do they need to be willing to compromise? Oh, well, because the number of times I see lovely people and they go, you know, we're not, able to reach agreement because she, he won't ever change their mind. Um, And they seem to not think about, well, maybe they could change their mind. So if the person you're dealing with is stubborn, then have a look at yourself and see how far you can bend to make it work. Um, Don't go running to court or fighting over one little thing. It might not be in the overall scheme of things that important. If your kids are 13 and you're fighting over alternate Christmases, for instance, um, in another five years they're not subject to the orders anymore. Orders end at 18. So think about are you going to go to court for two years to get orders that will only last for a couple of years? Or So just really search your soul and see if you can be flexible and just double-check that you're not the one being stubborn. Um, what I always say, if you're having a tug of war, remember my old saying, Laura, you can either try and pull harder or you can drop the rope and walk away and both of them are wins. <laughs> mm. So, yeah. you know, see if you can agree to their story. The long-term benefits of not being in court is mm. a financial, a mental, for you, uh, harmony in the home because even whether you notice it or not, there is going to be that a little added bit of stress in the background yep. all the time. Um, so, yeah, look at count up how many years you've got left maybe with the children's situation and is it yeah. worth fighting the next three years over or will they be 18 by then or 16 or, you know. So yep. it's, it's it, and, and it, I get it how hard it could be if you are, it is an emotional situation and I, I guess mum, you know, you've been through divorce, so you understand. Yeah. Um, oh, and and it, it's it's emotional, and you don't think it, rationally sometimes. No, and and you mm. know you're right, <laughs> and you know they're wrong. Yeah. You yeah. absolutely yeah. know it with every fibre of your being, but <laughs> but it's not going to uh, help anything. It's not going to help anybody because possibly they're going. I'm right. She's wrong. So um, kids can tell. Kids can pick up on it um, and you can get on with your life, you know, and it's Mm. otherwise it's just weighing on you all the time. Yeah. And some people um, can actually start doing things 
just so it looks good in court. So they mm. actually changed their whole way of being just so it looks good in court. What a stupid way to live. The judges don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, try and try and have a good hard look at yourself and see if you can let this one slide. Mm. Yep, I, I, I think that's a good idea. So mm-hmm. we've gone free mediation, try legal aid, um, yep. educate yourself, um, yes. do the documents yourself, be willing to compromise because near enough is good enough. Um, yes. So if you've got, you know, one clause that you're not agreeing on, you know, how can you get it as close as you can but just, yeah. Um, Mum, I think also have you got any other recommendations for people who can't really afford a lawyer um, that are doing this themselves? What what would you say to them? I would say to them that the family court was set up for people to do things themselves. Uh, so don't be too afraid. And uh, we all hear stories of grumpy judges and things, but, you know, you're entitled to put, uh, to, to have an access to justice. Um, and the gu- judges have guidelines for people who act for themselves and more and more people are acting for themselves. Um, just know that you'll be scared. You won't sleep the night before. <laughs> you'll probably be a nervous wreck after each episode, but educate yourself, hold your head high. I mean, we're all computer literate, some more than others, apparently, Laura. I didn't know you had the <laughs> wizard on that website. <laughs> um, and you can be heard, to stand up and be heard. It's a service that the government provides for people who can't reach agreement. So if you can't reach agreement, you're entitled to go to court and you're entitled to have the court make that decision for you. So, and I guess, yeah, yeah they're, not, they're not going to expect the same level of presentation or polish that they would be expecting from a barrister or a 35-year-long lawyer. I think, um, hmm. you know, they, they're going to understand that you're you're not a lawyer. You don't have the education hmm. in that respect. And um, I've been in the back of courts in the past and I've seen people represent themselves and um, I think they probably experience the same amount of stress as people who are being represented anyway to an extent. But I think the judges give them time to talk. They the do. Judges let them do things they wouldn't let lawyers get away with, yeah. you know, because they give you the benefit of the doubt. You don't understand exactly what's going on. So, yeah. you know. And some um, people do very well on their own, um, particularly in hmm. children's matters, not in complex property, but um, some people do very well and uh, just – Listen to our, I think we've done a podcast, and if we haven't, we should, on how you represent yourself in court, just the little rules, the little courtesies. Court. Just We've done court etiquette, yes. Court etiquette, etiquette, yes. We've done. Okay, so, yes. So don't talk over I'll put that in the, the judge. Notes. Yep. Um, don't don't yep. interrupt the other person, just all of those things. Don't so, call as, the judge speak your truth. majesty. <laughs> They'd love I that. Someone call a judge, Your Majesty. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Maybe that's a sucking up. Your, your Majesty. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. Um, your um, Honor. So yeah, look, and, yeah you're, but you can also be your own advocate. And I guess mm. when you're representing yourself, you can't afford a lawyer or you don't want to waste your money on a lawyer, um, you're probably more likely to stand up a little bit more for yourself than maybe your lawyer would. Maybe. Maybe. Have you seen that happen, Mum? I have, yeah. but mostly um, on points that the lawyer knows are a dead loss anyway. 
Do you know? Oh, okay. um, there are some yeah. things, yet yeah, we just know because of the cases. Do you know when you represent yourself and the other side turns up, your ex turns up with a battery of lawyers and barristers and things, don't try not to be intimidated. Um, they're just people in a funny wig um, or in a funny robe. Think of them as Harry Potter mm. students and you'll be fine. Um, and, again, <laughs> just speak your truth. <laughs> Mm, yeah and don't try and be railroaded by them you know it's it's your it's your case the judge will mm. assist you the the judge's associate will assist mm-hmm. you but, um but there's but a duty lawyer too lucky, sometimes yeah duty yes. lawyers so is that what you were going to say duty lawyers yes that's yes. number six so oh. <laughs> if you do have to end up in court um, you can go and see a duty lawyer and the judge will ask you and we've talked about before at the call over they'll say do you have any representation? And you will say, no, you're an I'm self-representing. And he will say, would you like to see a duty lawyer? And you say, yes, yes please, please, Your Honour. What I'd I'd say yes. Um, Always no say yes. Always say yes. Yeah. You don't know <laughs> what you don't know, you know. And um, exactly. those duty lawyers are very experienced lawyers, the ones that I've met, and they can negotiate on your behalf and give you tips on what to say. Generally, they won't talk for you in court, but they certainly give you a lot of mm. assistance. So grab that with both mm. hands. Free lawyer. <laughs> yes. Yay, free lawyers. So, um, Mum, we've got the um, also uh, knowing your rights. So I think that's important. Yes. Um, it's not one of our points. But what 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 do we mean by knowing your rights? I think it's your right to be heard, your right to be able to finish yeah. your sentence, um, to make your case, mm-hmm. Uh your right to be spoken to respectfully um, by the other side, and if if it's if it's uh, if it's getting too much pressure, uh, you can ask to stand the matter down a little while while you um, clear your head or go to the toilet and ball your yeah. eyes out, whatever it is you need to do. But yeah, you're, you're, you've yeah. got a right to be heard and to have your case decided. Yeah. I totally agree with you, Mum. So, guys, yep. try free mediation. Try to see if you can get to legal aid. Educate yourself. Do your documents yourself. Use the wizard. Um, be willing to compromise. Near enough is good enough. And yep. um, know your rights. And I think uh, try a duty lawyer if you can get one. Um, lastly, before we go, uh, we've been uh, running a little bit of a, a freebie giveaway. If you uh, write us a review on apple um we will be choosing one person at the end of the month to get a free chat with my mommy um so uh so at the moment we've had some people enter already we are hoping we can get some more entries um the more people that enter basically the more reviews we get the more people we can get out to to help because honestly uh i think the world just needs a little bit of support for these people going through the situation and we Mm -hmm. get what you're going through and how sometimes you you can't talk to your friends about it because no one wants to know um or they're sick of hearing about it so you know um we're here for you if you've got any topics you want us to cover if you've got any questions you'd like us to answer um shoot us through a dm on our socials but if you write us a review uh you might even get to have a chat with us (laughs) lovely (laughs) thank you very much mum um and have you ever i want to ask you one more question before have you ever seen someone self-representing who's beaten a barrister or a lawyer oh yes it's lovely (laughs) 
<laughs> it's lovely. And and this person uh, had had prepared very carefully and they just had 10 points. Obviously, they could count better than we could, Laura, because I think that was seven or eight things to do. But uh, they just, they were cross-examining the other side wow. and about a little child's habits. And mm. they were very mechanical. They had a pen and they mm. go, what time does, I'll call the child Daisy, Daisy get out of bed? Oh, I don't know. Tick. What does she like for breakfast? Um, wheat picks? Uh, no, I don't know. Tick. And then she was able to say to the judge after she asked all those questions, Your Honour, I'm the person who knows what time Daisy gets out of bed. I'm the person who knows what she has for breakfast. And the judge was completely swayed. So sometimes the high-flying um, language that some of the lawyers use just miss the point, particularly mm -hmm. on children's matters. Um, just yeah, but I've seen it and I quite love it when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So again, we recommend you always get your own legal advice. Everyone's mm -hmm. situation is different. Um, but you know, maybe this can help you a little bit. Um, always yep. remember to keep your level headedness about it. If you're representing yourself or acting for yourself, it is hard to remove your emotions from it and stick to the facts, but go mm -hmm. and have a look at the, um, Osley, uh, information on what the judges and the lawyers care about and then that will help yep. guide you on what you should be talking about and what you shouldn't be mm. talking about but thank you oh sorry yes one more thing i this uh 30 minute chat um we won't be having it on air in public it'll just be a confidential oh, talk with yes, me by no. phone <laughs> yes and and we will we will contact you you don't you did yep. we're not be congratulating and saying your full name so yes it will no, be no, private, no. <laughs> it will be a private phone call with yes. mum um yes. no one will know about it uh so no. don't stress <laughs> yeah and and if you do put any questions into our instagram or our facebook or on our um email um, which is the divorce course podcast at gmail.com. We will, of course, keep you anonymous um, and so, or even use a different name, but we will ask the questions that you've asked and mum is happy to answer them. So thank you so much, mum, for your time. Um, take care, everybody, and we will see you next week. Bye. See you next week, Laura. Bye-bye. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording in 2020.